Chapters 2 and 3 of The Creatures That Time Forgot by Ray Bradbury. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Ben Tucker. Chapter 2 Morning relaxed the mighty granite cliff muscles. It was the time of the avalanche. The tunnels echoed to running bare feet. Adults, children, pushed with eager, hungry eyes toward the outside dawn. From far out, Sim heard a rumble of rock, a scream, a silence. Avalanches fell into valley. Stones that had been biding their time, not quite ready to fall, for a million years, let go their bulks. And where they had begun their journey as single boulders, they smashed upon the valley floor in a thousand shrapnels and friction-heated nuggets. Every morning at least one person was caught in the downpour. The cliff people dared the avalanches. It added one more excitement to their lives, already too short, too headlong, too dangerous. Sim felt himself seized up by his father. He was carried brusquely down the tunnel for a thousand yards to where the daylight appeared. There was a shining, insane light in his father's eyes. Sim could not move. He sensed what was going to happen. Behind his father, his mother hurried, bringing with her the little sister, Dark. "'Wait! Be careful!' she cried to her husband. Sim felt his father crouch, listening. High in the cliff was a tremor, a shivering. "'Now!' bellowed his father and leaped out. An avalanche fell down at them. Sim had accelerated impressions of plunging walls, dust, confusion. His mother screamed. There was a jolting, a plunging. With one last step, Sim's father hurried him forward into the day. The avalanche thundered behind him. The mouth of the cave where Mother and Dark stood back out of the way was choked with rubble and two boulders that weighed a hundred pounds each. The storm thunder of the avalanche passed away to a trickle of sand. Sim's father burst out into laughter. Made it! By the gods! Made it alive! And he looked scornfully at the cliff and spat. Pah! Mother and Sister Dark struggled through the rubble. She cursed her husband. Fool! You might have killed Sim. I may yet, retorted the father. Sim was not listening. He was fascinated with the remains of an avalanche in front of the next tunnel. A blood stain trickled out from under a rise of boulders, soaking into the ground. There was nothing else to be seen. Someone else had lost the game. Dark ran ahead on lithe, supple feet, naked and certain. The valley air was like a wine filtered between mountains. The heaven was a restive blue, not the pale, scorched atmosphere of full day, nor the bloated, bruised black purple of night, a riot with sickly, shining stars. This was a tide pool, a place where waves of varying and violent temperatures struck, receded. Now the tide pool was quiet, cool, and its life moved abroad. Laughter. Far away, Sim heard it. Why laughter? How could any of his people find time for laughing? Perhaps later he would discover why. The valley suddenly blushed with impulsive color. Plant life thawing in the precipitant dawn shoved out from most unexpected sources. It flowed as you watched. Pale green tendrils appeared on scoured rocks. Seconds later, Ripe globes of fruit twitched upon the blade tips. 
Father gave Sim over to Mother, and harvested the momentary volatile crop. Thrust scarlet, blue, yellow fruits into a fur sack which hung at his waist. Mother tugged at the moist new grasses, laid them on Sim's tongue. His senses were being honed to a fine edge. He stored knowledge thirstily. He understood love, marriage, customs, anger, pity, rage, selfishness, shadings and subtleties, realities and reflections. One thing suggested another. The sight of green plant life whirled his mind like a gyroscope, seeking balance in a world where lack of time for explanations made a mind seek and interpret on its own. The soft burden of food gave him knowledge of his system, of energy, of movement. Like a bird newly cracking its way from a shell, he was almost a unit, complete, all-knowing. Heredity had done all this for him. He grew excited with his ability. They walked, mother, father, and the two children, smelling the smells, watching the birds bounce from wall to wall of the valley like scurrying pebbles. And suddenly the father said a strange thing. Remember? Remember what? Sim lay cradled. Was it any effort for them to remember when they'd lived only seven days? The husband and wife looked at each other. Was it only three days ago? said the woman, her body shaking, her eyes closing to think. I can't believe it. It is so unfair. She sobbed, then drew her hand across her face and bit her parched lips. The wind played at her gray hair. Now it is my turn to cry. An hour ago it was you. An hour is half a life. Come, she took her husband's arm. Let us look at everything, because it will be our last looking. The sun will be up in a few minutes, said the old man. We must turn back now. Just one more moment, pleaded the woman. The sun will catch us. Let it catch me, then. You don't mean that. I mean nothing, nothing at all, cried the woman. The sun was coming fast. The green in the valley burnt away. Searing wind blasted from over the cliffs. Far away were Sunbolt's hammered battlements of cliff. The huge stone faces shook their contents. Those avalanches not already powdered down were now released and fell like mantles. Dark! shouted the father. The girl sprang over the warm floor of the valley, answering, her hair a black flag behind her. Hands full of green fruits, she joined them. The sun rimmed the horizon with flame, the air convulsed dangerously with it, and whistled. The cave people bolted, shouting, picking up their fallen children, bearing vast loads of fruit and grass with them back to their deep hideouts. In moments, the valley was bare, except for one small child someone had forgotten. He was running far out on the flatness, but he was not strong enough, and the engulfing heat was drifting down from the cliffs even as he was half across the valley. Flowers were burnt into effigies, grasses sucked back into rocks like singed snakes. Flower seeds whirled and fell in the sudden furnace blast of wind, sown far into gullies and crannies, ready to blossom at sunset tonight, and then go to seed and die again. Sim's father watched that child running, alone, out on the floor of the valley, he and his wife and Dark and Sim were safe in the mouth of their tunnel. He'll never make it, said Father. Do not watch him, woman. It is not a good thing to watch. They turned away, 
all except Sim, whose eyes had caught a glint of metal far away. His heart hammered in him, and his eyes blurred. Far away, atop a low mountain, one of those metal seeds from space reflected a dazzling ripple of light. It was like one of his intra-embryo dreams fulfilled. A metal space seed, intact, undamaged, lying on a mountain. There was his future. There was his hope for survival. There was where he would go in a few days. When he was, strange thought, a grown man. The sun plunged into the valley like molten lava. The little running child screamed. The sun burned, and the screaming stopped. Sim's mother walked painfully with sudden age down the tunnel, paused, reached up, broke off two last icicles that had formed during the night. She handed one to her husband, kept the other. We will drink one last toast to you, to the children. To you, he nodded to her, to the children. They lifted the icicles. The warmth melted the ice down into their thirsty mouths. All day the sun seemed to blaze and erupt into the valley. Sam could not see it, but the vivid pictorials in his parents' minds were sufficient evidence of the nature of the day fire. The light ran like mercury, sizzling and roasting the caves, poking inward, but never penetrating deeply enough. It lighted the caves. It made the hollows of the cliff comfortably warm. Sim fought to keep his parents young, but no matter how hard he fought with mind and image, they became like mummies before him. His father seemed to dissolve from one stage of oldness to another. This is what will happen to me soon, thought Sim in terror. Sim grew upon himself. He felt the digestive, eliminatory movements of his body. He was fed every minute. He was continually swallowing, feeding. He began to fit words to images and processes. Such a word was love. It was not an abstraction, but a process, a stir of breath, a smell of morning air, a flutter of heart, the curve of arm holding him, the look in the suspended face of his mother. He saw the processes, then searched behind her suspended face, and there was the word in her brain ready to use. His throat prepared to speak. Life was pushing him, rushing him along toward oblivion. He sensed the expansion of his fingernails, the adjustments of his cells, the profusion of his hair, the multiplication of his bones and sinew, the grooving of the soft pale wax of his brain, his brain at birth as clear as a circle of ice, innocent, unmarked, was an instant later as if hit with a thrown rock, cracked and marked, and patterned in a million crevices of thought and discovery. His sister Dark ran in and out with other little hothouse children, forever eating. His mother trembled over him, not eating. She had no appetite. Her eyes were webbed shut. Sunset, said his father at last. The day was over. The light faded. A wind sounded. His mother arose. I want to see the outside world once more. Just once more. She stared blindly, shivering. His father's eyes were shut. He lay against the wall. I could.
cannot rise, he whispered faintly. I cannot. Dark, the mother croaked. The girl came running. Here. And Sim was handed to the girl. Hold to Sim, Dark. Feed him. Care for him. She gave Sim one last fondling touch. Dark said not a word, holding Sim, her great green eyes shining wetly. Go now, said the mother. Take him out into the sunset time. Enjoy yourselves. Pick foods. Eat. Play. Dark walked away without looking back. Sim twisted in her grasp, looking over her shoulder with unbelieving, tragic eyes. He cried out and somehow summoned from his lips the first word of his existence. Why? He saw his mother stiffen. The child spoke. Why, said his father, did you hear what he said? I heard, said the mother quietly. The last thing Sim saw of his living parents was his mother, weakly, swayingly, slowly, moving across the floor to lie beside her silent husband. That was the last time he ever saw them move. End of chapters 2 and 3